Hey there, welcome to another episode of Fast Forward, a podcast from QSR Magazine. My name is Sam Okus, I'm the editor of QSR and the editorial director of Food News Media. Continuing today with our series of conversations with restaurant professionals who are talking about unique tips and strategies on overcoming the challenges presented by the coronavirus crisis, sharing as many perspectives as we can um, from around the industry on just unique things, unique strategies that have worked to help to keep the lights on and to help to get restaurants restaurants through this difficult season. Uh, today, sharing a conversation with Otto Othman. He is the CEO and co-founder of Pincho. Pincho, uh, they launched as Pincho Factory in Miami, uh, a fast casual serving an eclectic menu uh, with kebabs and burgers with a very uh, Florida, Miami, Latin vibe, a really creative brand that has a ton of potential ahead of it. Like other emerging brands, um, they have found, of course, that this crisis has affected their momentum and and uh, has changed all of their plans and, and, and forced them to really adapt. And Otto talks in this conversation about this concept of how you have to adapt or die. And they are doing so very creatively. Otto is a really creative guy um, and has lots of interesting ideas on how as an emerging brand, um, they have been pivoting in order to uh, figure out how to get through this. And, and it's really working for them. He says they're down about 15% at the time of this interview, they were down about 15% in their sales year over year. But he says they have some locations that are actually up over last year. And so he talks through some of the strategies, some of the promotions, especially that they've been doing that have helped them get through this time. Uh, now, emerging brands in general have a lot of challenges facing them because, you know, here we've been spending the last five to 10 years being all excited about fast casual and talking about, you know, this momentum growing for especially high quality brands. And the pandemic is really starting to change a lot of that. This has just put the brakes on a lot of that growth for some of these exciting concepts. Um, you know, a lot of them will get through it and they'll be stronger for it. But unfortunately, some won't get through this. Uh, and so for emerging operators, especially, there's just a lot of question marks out there on how to navigate this, what it means about your expansion, what it means about your future. And we're hosting a webinar on this topic on Thursday, May 28th at 2pm Eastern, talking about emerging operators and how they can navigate through this time. It's going to be a really exciting panel. I am moderating a conversation with uh, Tender Green CEO, Danielle Bruno with Dave's Hot Chicken uh, CEO, Bill Phelps, and then with the Vice President of Brand Development and Strategy at the uh, Emerging Brand Incubator for Foods Group, Alonzo Castaneda. Um, you've heard from him earlier in this podcast series. Those three experts are going to be joining me on the webinar talking about tips for emerging operators. I highly encourage you to go check that out. Uh, it's part of our QSR Considers webinar series. Learn more at qsrmagazine.com slash qsrconsiders. Again, that's QSR qsrmagazine.com slash qsrconsiders. If you want to learn more about that webinar and the other webinars in that series, I highly recommend, especially if you are an emerging operator and you're looking for tips on getting through this crazy season that we have found ourselves in. Of course, as always, go to qsrmagazine.com for all the news and insights you need on the industry. qsrmagazine.com slash coronavirus, especially if you need tips related to the COVID-19 crisis. And then finally, please do feel free to reach out to me, sam at qsrmagazine.com. Com if you want to talk or if you want to share a perspective uh, with the magazine. All right, I'm going to roll now into this conversation with Pincho, CEO and co-founder Otto Othman, who started by talking about how the brand had to pivot initially in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. Um, you know, it's been, uh, it's been quite the ride, man. It's, uh, it's been one of these things that, you know, we were not uh, ready for, but we actually 
reacted very quickly and we adapted very quickly. You know, we had to learn how to how to change our business almost every day, right? And, and get to a point where we were uh, reaching our guests and we were giving them what they needed. It's been uh, it's been pretty wild. And so you guys, uh, you don't have any like drive-throughs or anything like that, right? I mean, primarily your business is going to be your typical off-premises third-party delivery and then the dining carryout, right? Right, correct, correct. We don't have any of that. And so how much of your off-premises, how much was off-premises before? And then how have you, you know, had to sort of negotiate making everything off-premises? Well, so <laughs> luckily for us is, uh, you know, we are a bit of a different kind of fast casual in, in the sense of, we actually have a position called runner, right? So where a lot of fast casuals, typically you stand in line and you place an order and then you sit down where we actually run the food to the guests. So that was a huge help for us. But typically, you know, I would say our, we were about 55% in-store dine-in and the, the 45% was, you know, off-premise. Okay. And so did that 55% just disappear? I mean, were you able to figure out ways to kind of, you know, build a little bit onto the off-premises? At least, you know, obviously the share of off-premises is swinging pretty drastically, but hopefully you didn't just lose that business. Well, so from, from that 52%, about 10 of it, 10% of that went to uh, delivery and the other 42% went to our, you know, own channels. And by own channels, I mean, in-person orders for takeout, right, uh, mm-hmm. or, or phone orders for pickup, and also our online digital, you know, our Olo channel, so like our mobile app and our website, which went from like 6% to roughly almost 25 now. Okay. You guys are, are, are all of the stores in my, or in uh, Florida? Yes, sir. Okay, so all of the stores being in Florida. I know Florida was a little bit later than a lot of states in terms of shutting things down. Did you find that you were learning from what was happening across the country before Florida got to that point where, where things shut down? Absolutely, man. Uh, you know, we were watching, you know, everything very, very closely. And, you know, my number one mission was to protect my team, right? Protect mm-hmm. the team and protect my guests. So we actually ended up shutting down our dining rooms way before anybody else locally. And we communicate, you communicated that to the guests and they, they actually appreciated it very, very much. Mm. And my team, you know, also they were very, very worried. And, um, and I told them, look, you know, we're going to protect ourselves. We're going to shut down our dining rooms and we're going to convert all of our restaurants to, uh, basically pick up windows, like a, like a drive through. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, obviously guests will park their cars and just walk up and pick up their food and go, you know, mm-hmm. one of the best decisions we've made. Have you guys, do you have like good access to parking spots in most of your locations or is it a little bit more, you know, urban sidewalk kind of situation or is it kind of all over the map? No, we're actually, you know, I think only one of our locations has a difficult parking uh, situation, but the remainder, they're mostly like in, you know, suburban areas where you can have a lot of parking spaces. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what about like getting creative with, you know, bringing the sales back? I mean, did you guys feel like you had to get creative with the way you maybe bundled uh, meals or came up with new items or discounts, deals, things like this? I mean, what were some of the ways that you were kind of staying in front of the customer and reminding them to come in? Uh, well, and that's a, we, we, we got very, very creative. Uh, you know, in the beginning, we looked at family takeout, you know, in terms of creating family bundle meals. So we, we launched that and it was successful. Uh, but what we found to be the most successful was creative ideas that drove traffic via our digital uh, uh, channels, right? So we created, you know, one of, one of the sides that we sell the most is a fried cheese. 
Mm. So, and it's absolutely delicious. And it, that's, it's an add on to the balls and, and the burgers. So uh-huh. we decided to create a national fried cheese day because there's none out there. So <laughs> there wasn't, I can't believe it. There's no national fried cheese day. So we claimed it and we said, look, you know, this day is going to be national fried cheese day. And, and every single order uh, via our mobile app, uh, you'll be able to add on fried cheese for free. And it was mm-hmm. amazing. It did very, very, very well. We saw a significant lift. And, you know, for 420, we did a really cool campaign as well where, you know, we knew that people, a lot of people, unfortunately, lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. And um, we wanted to create something that was, you know, was going to be helpful to the community and also attract, you know, uh, uh, business. So we decided to make all of our burgers 420. Uh, mm. in our apps and believe it or not man we uh we actually ran out of food at 7 30 across all locations wow that's a that's a problem that uh not a lot of restaurants are having right now right right yeah yeah we're very fortunate we're very lucky uh we did not think it was going to go that crazy but it actually ended up being phenomenal that's great what do you think that your customers want to hear from you right now i mean there's, there's an interesting sort of relationship i think between the business and the customer right now where there's you know you and i were talking before we hit record about this concept of trust and i think that that, that really is is true of the restaurant consumer relationship too because consumers obviously really want to trust that what you're doing is keeping your food and your team safe so but how do you communicate that how are you showing your customers that everything is you know straight laced and that you're keeping things safe for everybody well yeah, that's absolutely true, man. Uh, so we did a lot of things. We communicated via our social media. Uh, you know, we were we were one of the first brands here locally to just send an email to everybody and let them know, hey, you know, here's what's going on. Here's what we're doing about it, and here's here's what we're going to do to protect you and protect our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was and 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 the responses were great. You know, a lot of people replied to us thanking us. You know, because everybody was sort of worried and and people sort of. They, they trust brands, but when this happened, you know, it, it made everybody sort of stop and think about, you know, does that location or does that restaurant actually, you know, do they follow the, the, the sanitation procedures that are required? So, yeah. and you can't take that for granted. So we said, okay, let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about everything that we do. You know, as you know, we have StoryTech and SurfSafe and, you know, restaurants are probably the cleanest, you know, uh, establishments out there because, you know, there's regulations and stuff that we need to follow. Right. But a lot of people don't know that, you know, and mm-hmm. we don't boast in our digital uh, advertising about, you know, everything that we do behind closed doors in terms <laughs> of cleaning restaurants. But you know what? Yeah. This is what you need to do now. So we, uh-huh. launched, we launched an initiative and uh, an advertising campaign where it was just our team members, you know, building food with gloves on. And you'd be surprised how many people's like, oh my God, thank you so much for wearing gloves. And you know, and you're like, yeah. Yeah, we do that all the time. Mm. But, but people needed to see it. Uh, so yeah. we launched a you know multi-prong approach where it was, you know, we communicated via advertising, we communicated via email, we communicated via social, you know, we did videos, you know, we did stories, and uh, and and that's how you sort of build trust with the guests. And it was very effective. Yeah, you mentioned those words like that people trust brands, but there's this also this uh, level that you have to show that you care that it's not just this faceless entity behind the brand. And is it, it does it make it harder to make it personal to show that you care and it's not just that I'm doing this for the sake of marketing? No, absolutely. And sometimes, you know, you can't overthink it. Sometimes a simple video of, you know, either the founder or the CEO, the president just talking to people, right? A live story mm-hmm. on Instagram. Say, hey, here's what we're doing, right? And people, 
you know, as you know, man, like it's, it's the entire, you know, uh, landscape has changed. Like I think any, any brand that, that, that doesn't have a soul, it, you know, you can tell, you know, if you're, if you're just on yeah. media following an account, uh, and it, all, all you do is as a brand, you're just posting pictures of food and you don't have any sort of tone to, to your voice of how you carry yourself. People don't connect with you as a brand. So for us, luckily, you know, we've, we've been very, very particular how we communicate things to the guest and we treat Pintra as a person and when yeah. you treat Pintra as a person, it comes off, it comes off genuine and, uh, people sort of connect to it. And so when we say things, people trust us and they believe us. Right, right. So you guys have uh, several locations in Florida. You're an emerging brand. And I'm wondering if you're learning anything, too, about what it means to do all of this across a system of, of several locations. I mean, is, is that, how are you kind of keeping this you know, approach consistent across all of the locations? You know, it's been challenging, right? It's been challenging. And, um, you know, I think communication is key. So we've learned uh, very quickly how to communicate better. Right. Mm-hmm. One thing COVID did bring to our team was it made us uh, a tighter group. And I'm very, very grateful and thankful for that. Right. So we do pincho huddles every morning. Every, every morning I do a huddle with my leadership team. And then we all touch base with all our general managers and we, t- and we consistently drive the message. Right. And mm-hmm. it's tough. It's tough to get, you know, um, team members to understand that they now need to wear, you know, face shields or masks and at all times and wash their hands every 30 minutes. But you have to be consistent. You have to drive. And, you know, we created posters internally at all of our locations, you know, saying here's, you know, let's take care of each other. And here's what we need you guys to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have to show it to the team that this is this matters and this is important and have honest conversations with everybody about why this matters. And uh, you'd be surprised. You know, a lot of people still don't think that this is a serious thing, um, yeah. which is crazy. You know, you're seeing people, you know, unfortunately passing away every day. Mm-hmm. And, and you you still have to drive that message and, and and talk to your team. Yeah, for sure. So you and I were trading emails, and you were telling me that your sales have not really been so bad. I mean, certainly we we've we've seen sort of this doom and gloom about sales. You know, obviously the full service side of things is is really taking it on the chin. But you know, even in fast casual, a lot of brands are down. You know, forty fifty percent. But that's not the case at Pincho. And I, I'm I'm wondering, you know, talk a little bit about. I mean, what the impact of it, uh, on the sales has been like, whether or not you feel like you guys are, are starting to rebound and why you think it is that you guys didn't get hit as bad. You know, it's, 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 we're very lucky first, first and foremost, you know, and I owe it all to my team, to be quite honest. They did a phenomenal mm-hmm. job, man. Uh, we reacted very, very quickly. And also the love from, 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 from our guests. You know, we're a very uh, beloved brand in Miami. You know, we, we're always trying to connect with the community, always trying to give back. So when this first started, uh, we were very, we quickly reacted to it and we quickly reached out to the community and said, hey, here's what we're going to do for you guys. Right. And we, we hooked up hospital workers and first responders and, um, and that turned into like a viral moment locally, which drove a ton of sales to us right people say oh wow, look at this brand look what they're doing to the community and to in this time of need so let's show our love back so every single person that loved pincho and they haven't been back to pincho in like a month or two they made sure to go out of their way and come to our restaurant and buy our food and post it on social media you know mm. we saw a, a, a crazy number of um uh of impressions in our digital um 
channels just from our guests, right? You saw so many people post about us because they, they were very thankful for what we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think all of the communication about all of the things that we're doing to keep our restaurants clean, the things that we're doing to keep, to keep our uh, team protected, all of that actually helped, you know, tremendously. So I mm-hmm. think it was a little bit of everything. You know, there's a lot of things that we did. You know, uh, some of them I can share with you, some I can't. <laughs> Our secret <laughs> sauce. But, you know, mm. in terms of sales, you know, we're very lucky. You know, last week we're only down about 15% across all of our locations. You know, mm. we, have, we have some locations that are, that are higher than last year. Yeah. Have, and one of our, in one particular location, we actually had to have a meeting to figure out how to slow down sales a little bit, uh, which was wild. First time ever in my life I had to do that. And I'm so, which is crazy, you know, which, but I'm so thankful and so humbled by it, you know, because we we were running into issues with staffing because it was tough to get people to come to work in the beginning and Mm -hmm. it was just crazy. So we're very, very lucky. That's, yeah, it's amazing to think that a a location could be up. What what is it that you think is about unique about that location? I mean, is it something about the neighborhood that they're in or something about the the team? Or, I mean, can you find like little details about individual locations and how their performance in this season might be, you know, affected by any certain characteristics? Right. Yeah. So for us, I think that location specifically is one of our oldest locations. We have a big following there. It's uh, Mm. It's a suburb. Is it? It's a. It's an area where you have a lot of homes, a lot of families, but it also has a lot of hospitals. So the fact that we went above and beyond for hospital workers, and in that location, there's about three hospitals, like right around there. Oh wow! Okay. And then it just you know sales shot up. So I think that's exactly what happened there. Got it. So you've talked a lot about some of the ways in which you've pivoted. And I'm wondering, you know, what of these things, what kind of lessons have you learned that you feel like you're going to take with you into the future? I mean, what are some of the things that are going to impact the Pincho business long term? So that's a very interesting question. Um, You know, I think for us, uh, absolutely, you know, we were we were ready in terms of, you know, our digital channel and our, our mobile app and all of the investments that we've made to sort of create a much better user experience paid off. So mm-hmm. now after COVID, you know, we're looking at the business. We're like, man, you know, we're we're doing almost the same amount of business without any sort of dining room, which is crazy. Yeah. So it makes us, it started to make us think about, you know, the size of our, of our restaurants going forward. Do we need restaurants that are 2,300 square feet? Mm-hmm. Do we need, you know, we're talking about now possibly eliminating the entire line at, at, at Pincho. So I oh, fast casual, the most painful point of a fast casual is the, is the line, you know, you stand, you wait right. in line. Why, why even do that going forward, right? You should just walk in a Pinterest, sit on the table, just pull up the app and place an order. We know exactly where you are. And we'll just bring you the food. Then yeah. You don't have to go through that painful experience anymore. Right. And we're, we're, you know, actually believe it or not, because it's Miami and Miami, the, the concept of a pickup window is actually common in a, oh, lot sure. of, right? a lot of like Cuban bakeries. So right. one of our restaurants does have a pickup window. So that was insanely awesome. Right. So we're like, yeah, oh, what do we do? It's like, Oh no, we have a pickup window. Just open it. <laughs> so, so, you know, we're thinking about now possibly every single location going forward to, to have a pickup window, um, you know, and have, yeah. and have designated parking spaces where you can just place an order, just pull up, go to the window, get your food and leave. Uh, yeah. So these are all the things that we're sort of learning. Um, and, definitely are going to change our business going forward. 
So kind of piggybacking off of that, just thinking about the restaurant industry in general, you know, um, you know, what you're what you're saying is is kind of the same I've heard sort of over and over from a lot of operators, you know, and especially it's interesting to think about this idea that, um, you know, maybe you can go for a smaller footprint in the future because maybe dining rooms aren't going to be as as important and certainly not until we have a vaccine. I don't think that dining, you know, in is going to be a thing at all. Um, but the off-premises, you know, which we're hearing, um, you know, even full-service brands are thinking about drive-through. You know, there's a lot of talk about how delivery is going to continue to evolve, curbside pickup, all these things. And, you know, I'm wondering, you know, what is your vision for how the whole restaurant industry is going to evolve from this? What kind of big, big picture changes do you think we'll, we'll start to see? Well, yeah, you know, we, it's, it's a, definitely is going to be interesting. I think, I think again, going back to, to trust, right? So uh, I'm definitely not in a hurry to go dine at a Nobu anytime soon, right? So right. fine dining restaurant, I'm not in a hurry to go to a mall anytime soon. So I think you're going to see that, you know, uh, it's going to take a while for people to start going to, to, to actually spend some time inside restaurants. I think, you know, the buffet, the buffet industry is probably going to, is going to have to really learn how to, you know, adapt. Um, I think that restaurants are going to finally realize that this delivery game, it's, it's here to stay. Uh, and, and, and you're either you adapt or you die and, mm-hmm. and you get and you know, Consumer behavior is changing, right? And then nothing like COVID, right? Uh, that will accelerate the hell out of it. So we are learning how to have dinner at home more often now. We're learning how to, you know, bring a really nice bottle of wine and picking up food and spending two hundred bucks and still having dinner here at the house. So, yeah. so I don't know what that's going to do to fine dining establishments, but I definitely there's going to be some sort of impact, one hundred percent. And I. And I do believe that you're going to see smaller restaurants, smaller footprints all across. And to that point, you know, talking about how full service is probably the one that's going to evolve the most. Um, I've been thinking a lot lately about fast casual and how, you know, fast casual really emerged out of the last recession. Um, and, you know, we're, we're certainly headed into a recession now and there's a lot of uncertainty how long this is going to last. But I, I almost can't help but wonder if, you know, the last recession was so good for fast casual. Do you think it, whatever we're coming into from an economic standpoint could similarly be really good for the fast casual space? Absolutely. Right. So we in the fast casual industry, we sit like right in the middle things where things are doing really good. We're doing good. When things are doing bad, we're still doing good. Yeah. Uh, Because it's so that people trade down to fast casual and people trade up to fast casual right in the middle. I think I think that the the smart brands are going to start innovating now and they're going to look at their culinary teams and say, look, you know, uh, let's let's assume that things are not going to get well for the next six months to 12 months. And let's, let's create some menu items that are going to be very reasonably priced. I think mm-hmm. every single fast casual operator should be investing time into doing that. Um, I think we're going to be fine. I think, I think the, the fast casuals that will not succeed are the ones that are, do not have their technology stack in order, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because more and more people are downloading these apps, more and more people are choosing to place orders via mobile phones uh, instead of actually picking up the phone and calling. So the the fast casuals that keep that in mind, that price is going to be very, very important, you know, price and quality and uh, and ease of uh, ordering, uh, I think they're going to be just fine. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. They'll probably even take more cues from QSR. You know, I think I, I expect fast casual probably at least for the short term start learning a lot more about value and affordability right. and convenience and, and yeah. drive through. Well, no, absolutely. We're we're you know, and we're looking at something now. Calling we're calling it quarantine combos, right? We're, <laughs> we're going to launch it. You know, probably soon. Uh, it's just you know, and combos is sort of taboo word for us internally. Um, yeah. but, uh, we're looking at it. We're looking at bundling. We're looking at price. We're looking at everything that we can because now we're not only competing, <clears throat> we're not only competing against other restaurants, but we're also competing against the kitchen at home. Oh yeah. You know, so you, you gotta be very, you know, uh, price sensitive. Yeah, that's interesting. Otto, last question for you is, um, you know, this is a somber time. Um, what is one thing that's bringing you hope? What's a little bit of encouragement that you can offer our listeners? To be quite honest, uh, kindness. Right. We're seeing more and more of it, man. Uh, so many people here locally in Miami are going above and beyond and helping each other. It's sort of it brings me joy to see how many people are getting together and giving back and people are doing, you know, uh, uh, fundraisers through through different drives. And people are, you know, constantly guests are reaching out to us saying, hey, how can we feed, you know, families in need? And, you know, it's such a beautiful thing, man. Like there's one thing that COVID did do you know unfortunately obviously a lot of people have gotten sick um but if there's one thing that it did do for us at least is brought a ton of us together closer and closer so mm -hmm. uh at the end of the day like i said a couple of weeks ago uh, we can all live with uh, more or less of any material things but at the end of the day what we seek the most is human connection mm -hmm. and, and and although we're all apart right now I, I it feels that we're much much closer together absolutely yeah that's good stuff. Otto, thank you. I really appreciate it. Appreciate your time and uh, be well. Yeah, thank you, brother. Likewise, take care.